1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman.
2: Oh, it was good for a while, and then it... It very much wasn't. Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson with you for an instant reaction episode of Take Command. Recording this just moments after the Commanders game goes final. They fall to 7-7-1 on the season. Two games to go, Logan, towards the playoffs. The good news is everybody else they needed to lose this weekend also lost. The bad news is that's the most points Washington has given up since week two. Uh, Not coincidence necessarily. That is also the last game that Cameron Curl missed Uh, There are a lot of storylines in this game, and that is even before we get to the fact that Ron Rivera did pull the plug on his starting quarterback, Taylor Heineke out, Carson Wentz in presumably for the rest of the season, as long as he is healthy. Um, So much to talk about, but where do you start with this one?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think obviously the score probably looks worse than it is. You know, they had a whole bunch of kind of turnover on downs. They had two interceptions. The defense had a whole bunch of short fields, and you know, I think for the most part, you know, did an okay job against a really good San Francisco team. Obviously, there was a couple of big plays in there that I think would have been helped by having Cam Crow in the lineup. Benjamin St. Just obviously was not 100 percent, 100 percent in this game. So, you know, as much as it's 37s, the worst point total of the season or whatever it is, like I do think there are some mitigating factors that we can kind of discuss as we go. I think offensively, um, you know, obviously they came out and tried to kind of attack the middle of the defense with limited success. And I think my one. My one frustration there, you know, like, and I hate to be critical of Scott because, like, it's hard to be an offensive coordinator in the NFL, but, you know, you, you, there was, like, this formula. It was, like, when Taylor was at cornerback, it's like, we're going to run it inside, we're going to run it. And then I felt like when they kind of found their legs from a play-action pass standpoint, you know, the offense kind of came alive. And then he's, like, thinking, okay, well, now we're in play-action pass mode. And then Joy Bosa gets that sack fumble on Taylor Heineke. And kudos to D'Amico Ryans and that whole staff for kind of moving um Nick Bosa around the formation a little bit because I think they were kind of expecting him to line up on the offensive left. He's on the offensive right. You got a one on one with Lucas, and that's a tough matchup for anybody. But I do I, I kind of feel like I wish that those two things didn't feel so um anti each other. I felt like they, you know, like when you're running the ball, you've got this great play action pass that you've worked and cultivated. Bring come come to that a little bit earlier in the game is I guess my thought and then don't wait till you know the third quarter to do it and then that's not the only thing you're doing you can get back to running the football especially when the game is in that kind of proximity so I think that was my one kind of gripe like you needed to call a pretty darn good game against the San Francisco 49ers defense and I felt like he came out with a with kind of the right mindset but just didn't mesh mesh the things that needed to be meshed, you know, from a play action pass from a mixed direction standpoint. And there were elements of that, but I just felt like, and and again, okay, and and also to, to give Scott kind of an excuse or an out here, like when you are going three and out a lot, it's hard to kind of build a rhythm and kind of sequence plays the way they're supposed to be sequenced. Sure. But, uh,
2: but that's also contributing to the fact that you're going three and out.
3: Yeah. I'm not, it's, it's, but it, you know, that is, that's a tough deal. So, you know, I'm trying to, again, be empathetic to Scott here and, and how hard it is to call a call a game in the NFL. But, you know, sitting on the couch, I was like, man, I wish there was a little bit more like of a combination. You know, we're, we're throwing a lot of jabs, a lot of body blows here. I'd like to kind of use this jab of the run game to set up a play action pass, which is the uppercut. Right. And you see, and again, like, I, I know I'm probably an eternal optimist here, but I, I I get optimistic when I see Terry McLaurin catching balls behind the defense. Sure. I see, I see, I get optimistic when I see Jahan catching a football with not a soul around him for 10 yards like that is good well-designed offense i just wish it would kind of come earlier you know i think there's like this thought you know like this prevailing thought you need to like establish the run first you don't you've established the run the last four weeks like everyone knows you want to That's run these runs weeks. right yeah. everyone knows that right everyone knows you want to do that so the second i get in this formation the second i show, I show you this action you better believe the linebackers are going to trigger in a specific way also um, the defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, we knew that he was going to have an answer for duo. And he did. He like corner, corner pressures, kind of stunting the line to kind of force the ball to bounce outside. And again, there was no kind of call and response from Scott. It was like, okay, well, we're running duo. They had some success with counter, which I would have liked to maybe see a couple more counters called in there. But again, like that, I, I'm being nitpicky. We're just coming off the game. But those are some things that kind of jump out to me from an offensive standpoint.
2: So Scott, my where I'm landing on Scott Turner in this very up and down year for him is he's a very good play designer and not a very good play caller. Um, he can design a game plan if it goes well, stick with it, like great. If if the first option works, he can't counterpunch, um, or he hasn't shown the ability to counterpunch. I won't say can't. I'll I'll even be nice and because uh, that's that's the way you would do it, and you're nicer than me because you you have the. Perspective, having played in ten years, and the respect that comes with that, and I'm a blowhard who talks into microphones. Um, so I will, I will defer and and put my my grown-up pants on instead of being a, a hot take artist. I will say he has not shown the ability to adjust and counterpunch with the speed that is necessary to win in the NFL. Um, sure, week to week he's able to make adjustments, sometimes really good ones, but also sometimes ones that are pretty obvious that should have been made the week before and in, in the first quarter. Um, and this week, it, it's it's too focused. It's too. It's like tunnel vision, man. Like, oh, we have to run the ball. Ron said we have to run it. I, everyone's screaming that we got to run it. It's very reactive, and it's just like head down. And it's like, yeah, but did you not hear the parts where we were going? Hey, you also got to mix in the jet sweep. Hey, that sets up the play action pass. And they just don't do a good job of getting their playmakers involved in doses that make sense. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, that's the NFL. Like The details, I don't pretend to have the knowledge and and the capability to put a headset on, sit in the booth, sit on the sideline, and call it in the middle. But from a conceptual standpoint where the standard is that is what you have to do and the ability to analyze it, I can safely sit here and say – they did a bad job of getting the ball to their playmakers in ways that made a lot of sense. Sure, Brian Robinson got his touches. Fine. But do you mix in enough counter and things like that to get him loosened up uh, and, and not have it be as, as much of a slog as it was for him today? Do you run the jet sweeps and things? To They didn't run one until like the third or early fourth quarter with Samuel. Yeah. And it only got a couple of yards. But like, where is that in the first and second quarter to at least put the threat there that you're going to run it? And, and then it's the like biggest the one,
3: action like the action wasn't even. You know what I'm saying? Like the action yeah. wasn't there. Like you saw, it didn't like feel like teams, a threat. Yeah, you saw what like the teams had done, and they are running cross sift with the blocks, but they're also running the jet sweep. They're just giving because again, we talked about in the pregame and like leading up to you know in the podcast leading up to this week, like how important it was to get the uh, the linebackers to just pause for a beat. They're a very aggressive, intelligent, fast group, and you just needed to give them some indecision. And I felt like they're I felt like there wasn't enough of an effort to get that done. And also I felt like, you know, one of the ways they can do that is kind of with the play action pass stuff. So again, it was, it was run, run, we're in, and again, a little bit of game flow dictates this. I get it, understand that, but it just, it felt a little bit, again, reactive is the right word. And this was one of the things we talked about earlier in the week about, you know, Ron says you got to run the football. Yes, you have to run the football, but it's also you have to marry it with this innovative element of your offense that keeps cultivating, keeps growing. And I just felt like they were they were at odds for probably two quarters, you know, and um, and that's tough to navigate.
2: Yeah. And so the other part of that, like, do you remember my three point checklist for the week of what it of what my three points were? The first one was to run run the I don't know if I remember all three, but I remember two of them uh, and they're the two most important, important ones. Um, one was run the ball a borderline absurd a certain amount. And from an amount standpoint, they at least did that. And they were, right. by the way, in the game for a long time until the turnovers uh, came about. And maybe number three was, you know, don't turn the football over. And that would obviously also contribute. But the other main one was get the ball to Terry McLaurin. Like, yeah. they score when he gets the ball. I just don't know, like, the, the correlation of, like, drives where Terry has a catch and drives they score on it feels like it's a straight line. It's not. It would be very interesting to chart and go back and look at his catches over, let's say, the last three, four weeks and see when he gets his catches and when they don't. And what we'll have to do is go back on Wednesday on the podcast after you watch the tape. And honestly, man, I'm going to try to watch some of it this week. Uh, I'll see if I have time uh, on Monday since theoretically it should be out then. Um, right. But you know, if, if I can, is this because they took Terry away? Or because they just don't look at him enough. And, yeah. and even either way, they can cultivate touches for him. They can get screens. There was none today. They can find quick game stuff and, and make him the featured receiver on some of this stuff to get his target level up. He had five targets on the day, and what, three of them were these late ones? Yeah. And it, it, he had one in the first half, and his second target was the 51-yarder. Like, it's yeah. just not good enough. And you're, you're, you have this... What was actually fun is watching... You know, all, like Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated tweet during the game. You know, Washington's a sneaky quarterback destination this offseason. Their weapons are crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like, right. yeah, they are. We've been screaming it nonstop all year how good the weapons are here. But it doesn't matter if you don't get them the ball. And and yes, they needed to run the ball a lot today. But I don't know. Maybe we just need to talk about running the ball and then having play action. Running the ball and then having play action. And seeing that and see if that magically happens. Because to to so singularly lock in on one facet against a defense that's this good is a formula for disaster. And it contributes to the fact that your defense then gives up the most points that it has a basic or it has all year because it feeds the turnovers, it feeds uh bad field position, it feeds all of these other things. And that's even before, by the way, we get to some of the individual calls on fourth down and some of the other things that we probably should talk about.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I just I was just hoping, I think I was uh, overly optimistic after the second half of the Giants game, that that was what you'd lead with. You'd lead with the play-action pass stuff. You'd kind of get them on their heels and you can come back to the run game. And I think it's all about good play calling. It's all about subverting expectation, you know? And I think, um, you know, like if you look at Kyle, for example, like just to kind of to junks the post because it's fairly easy. Like he comes out in the second half and just, you know, runs a bunch of cover three beaters and they execute really well and they move the ball right down the field and score um you know jack comes up with a blitz on that i think it was a first down it was the george Kittle touchdown and uh and uh reeves who had an excellent game loses loses contain on the quarterback loses contain Mm. on the loses contain on the quarterback sorry my headphones are something crazy there and then um and then they're able to get the ball to Kittle, who's able to kind of make a big play right and uh just the rhythm of that the feel of that the the touchdown to mcleod i thought was a beautifully designed play something that they would use uh with kind of Debo Samuel in the game. And then you know it's a way to get plus hats to the front side of the run, get you good angles on the uh on the second level from an offensive line standpoint. So um, you know, like it just it's just a it's, there's a rhythm to it. They they want to run the ball, but they're setting up play action. They're using the run to set something up. They're using everything, everything has a purpose. And sometimes I feel like that is um is lacking. You know, and, and I again I don't want to, you know, crush scott in this that's not what this is about like i'd like to talk to scott about it and see what he says about it but um you know as as of right now i'm just can kind of go off of my observation and it feels like okay you know ron said we're gonna run the ball we're gonna run the ball and then there's no there's no end game to that which there should be because then that's where your offense is more effective and again you know you get like i thought this was just like a like a like just a masterful kind of sequence by kyle you run like a scissors concept so like kind of a corner route with a post to george right off of play action right get the pocket set up then you run the same play off of a different action to brandon iuk that ends up being like a 65 yard gain right so like just the ability to kind of get different looks and attack the defense with the same concept but with a different pre-snap deal it was good i mean and and, and again like scott has shown at times he can do that it's just the consistency of it is the thing that's somewhat lacking i think
2: yeah um just thinking bigger picture about this team, I, th- I think often it feels like it's a lot of really good talent that gets outcoached, and that feels like the last three weeks in a major way. San Francisco's better talent wise. Yeah, like San right. Francisco should win this game, and they did. And so at some at some point, I kind of checked myself before we started recording and was like, "Look, we can talk about all these reasons why." They lost, and how they could have been better and given themselves a better chance. But realistically, and look, they got their butts kicked thirty-seven twenty. I know it's a little bit worse than it is, but like really, realistically, what felt right was about thirty-four twenty. So it's not yeah. like it felt. It's not like thirty-seven twenty is is some huge misrepresentation of what it was. The first half was certainly close and felt close, and then the second half, San Francisco had seven possessions and scored on six of them. Like this is so, this was what it was, um, but it just feels like, okay, well, this is a team that's got as much talent or more talent than you do, and you watch what happens when it's well-coached, and they're a behemoth. And you watch the Giants, who have less talent than you, go and tie you one week and beat you the next because it feels like they have a more distinctive plan and focus on what it is they want to do schematically. And that's not an indictment of, of Ron's character or Scott's character or their work ethic. Um, it's just they're not as good at it as these other coaches and it shows up and like, that's just, I know it sounds harsh and it it is harsh in a way. I'm not saying they're not even, I'm not even trying to say like, they're not NFL coaches. How dare they have the positions there? Like I'm not, I'm not doing that, but there is clearly a lack of, I don't want to say a lack of purpose because it's not really the word I'm looking for in the way that's used, but like there's a lack of idea of exactly what's supposed to happen. A lack of mission. I'll call it. Hmm. Um and and on that's especially offensively. Defensively, it does feel like there's more of one, but I feel like there's definitely room for improvement there. Um defensively today, they're hurt by the fact that Cam Curl's not out there. They're Mm -hmm. they're hurt by Cole Holcomb not being out there. Um St. Juice was not even close to himself. Um, so there there's personnel issues on defense that are a little bit different. And but offensively, like, well, let's call it a lack of mission where it just feels like they throw stuff at the wall. It works often enough to give you hope because their players are really good. Mm-hmm. And then the re- then reality sets in and you look up and you're 7-7-1 seven, seven, and, one and um, you know.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without autopay pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. ctmobile.com.
2: Really poor oppor- or big opportunities the last couple of weeks against the Giants blown, and you don't give yourself nearly the chance you should have today because you're just out there seeing what sticks.
3: Yeah, I think uh, I like the way, like a lack of identity, offensive, a true offensive identity, maybe. And again, like right. to Scott, because like defense, they have it,
2: but they don't believe it. It's yeah, like, I guess, oh, I guess we're supposed to run the ball.
3: Well, I guess to Scott's defense, though, like his offense and the offense that he's grown up with is not that offense. It's not a run first offense. It's a throw the ball deep to set up your run game. Right. It's 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 kind of the opposite of what he's been doing the past couple of weeks. So in terms of adapting to that, I think he deserves some credit. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, and again, if I'm Scott, if I'm, if I'm defending Scott, if I'm going, if I'm Scott's lawyer here, I say, well, you know, like this is not his offense. This is not the version of the offense he wants to run. He's hampered by the quarterback position. And if he were to get a quarterback in here that can execute, um, I think Scott could, the offense would be fine because the playmakers are in place. Um, I think the offensive line, like we've talked about, like they do a good job in certain situations, but from a pass protection standpoint, we knew they were going to struggle against this group because they're not, they're not an elite pass protecting group, let's just say, right. And so yeah. those are all things that, that need to be, uh, kind of looked at this off season and again, like, those are things that if I'm Scott, I kind of bring to the table and say, well, look at these things, man, like, look at, look at these things that are, 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 limiting us and, you know, right or wrong. Like there is a, a reasonable argument for that. And, um, so the, the lack of identity thing I agree with, but you know, like, is it because they've been hampered by personnel probably a little bit and um it's they're tough. also just like, not built they're not built in that way yeah like right. they're well, built I think, I think one that's w- the, i think that's the thing that's it's it, that is um it's kind of irritating about the whole thing is that you know like that's an argument i would make but like, you're kind of in charge of like the roster you know if you're wrong right. you're marty right like that like you knew some of these limitations coming in and i know you tried to address them with like carson wentz and all these different things but uh, I think in a, in a game like this that if you feel and th- th- that's why these games are good. That's why these games and losing like this is good because it shows you truly where the roster is at, where the coaching tree is at, where everything is at. There's no smoke and mirrors about it. like that's a good football team. The margin for error is very tight. And like everyone says, oh we beat Philly with a tight margin for error. Yeah, but this is kind of like if you play Philly five times in a row, you're they're gonna win for four of the five because they're the better football team. It's the same thing with right. San Francisco. You see how small the margin for error is right here. And again, there are some decisions here that I think probably in hindsight would have been, could be reevaluated, but the turnovers, right? When I talked to Ron on Wednesday, when the first, he says, if we get to turn the ball over, we're going to be in a good spot. Yeah, no kidding. But if you turn the ball over, you're going to be in a bad spot because there's no way for you to overcome that. And so again, like when people say like, you know, on these national television things, or like when we do our show with Julie, and someone says, oh, like, they got to turn they got to get turnovers like no kidding yeah they got to get turnovers it's just what is the methodology to handle that and the one turnover they got today is kind of serendipitous right it's it's lucky it's not it's it's the, the receiver they didn't really generate it yeah right it's not generated by you it's fortuitous and um and so again those are all things that are kind of kicking around your head after a game like this and you look at the San Francisco 49ers turnovers like they're forcing those in a way that you're not right they're creating pressure they're they're attacking the quarterback they're making errant throws and i think that is a good is a good comparison for fans they're going to kind of say look at this and compare it to what you have because that is a very that is a legitimate playoff team right? that's a one seed when yeah. they
2: get, when they have a starting quarterback that's not rock purdy uh that's a one seed Right, And the irony is they came in with Trey Lance and like they struggled those early games and you know their season looked to be over when he went down and then Garoppolo comes in and, and kind of saves the season and now they're going with Purdy. Uh, that's going to be an interesting future decision for them as they they continue to try to develop Lance, but that's for the 49ers podcast, not this one. Um, as for the Washington quarterback situation, Rivera has told the assembled press they'll watch the tape make a decision early in the week. I I if I would have put odds on it, uh, let's just say you wouldn't get any money for betting on Carson Wentz, and you'd get my entire life savings if you wanted to bet on Taylor Heineke. Wentz is going to be the starter, uh, at least I would think. Well,
3: it just seems a but lot. What did too. you make
2: of their their performances yeah. and, and of what you do moving forward?
3: yeah i think well obviously like taylor did an excellent job on early third downs of making some plays right obviously yeah. put the ball in harm's way a little bit more than you'd like even you know that throw to jahan on the first third down where jahan kind of plays that back like that's a tough catch and you probably shouldn't throw that ball The one to terry on the next one you yeah i don't mind that, that one
2: though because if he picks it so what it's an arm punt
3: right but i'm, I'm saying like if you're if you're judging process right sure. you're kind of saying eh, don't do that but again he made some nice plays and in, in third and very long situations overcoming a, a disastrous kind of running of performance. And so that's the other thing it's like you you want to give Taylor an opportunity to be successful and this is over in the football. But if you run the football twice for zero yards you're in a third and 10. And you don't want to be in third and 10s versus this defense. And they were they found themselves in that space third and eight, third and 12 numerous times in this game and he did a good job of overcoming that um and again he he looked good. He looked settled in the first half. And then obviously there's the, the sack force fumble. And I really felt like that's when the 49ers defense was kind of like, oh, they've shifted their approach. We're going to rush the passer. And it led to two quick turnovers. And I don't care who you are. versus that team turning the football over inside your own 30. That's not good. Like, you're not going to win the game. Like, I don't care what it is. Like, it's just not going to happen. So that's part of it. And then, you know, you go for it on fourth down, that doesn't shake out the way you want it to. So really three turnovers. The uh the onside kick that doesn't go that's four right what? so four okay kind of you play weird. teams in the
2: NFL how many times did the receiving team get tricked on an onside kick of which side
3: it was going to? You do that hopefully so you, so that's a very common thing. The idea is that you get the 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 person away from the kicker to move in a little bit to move to like so if, if I'm facing to the right to kick. You get them to move in that direction. And a lot of teams do that. And so you practice when you're doing handstand, you practice the shift because everyone does it. You practice we're shifted to the left. Now he's because the kickers can't just go up and kick it, like they just can't do it, or it ends up looking like what Joey slide did today, right? They can't like approach like they're going right and then kick it back to the left. Like, you know what I'm talking about, Greg? Am I making sense? Right. Yeah. And so
2: basically, my point is like, why are you trying to trick people? Like, you can't do it. It never works. Just kick the ball where it bounces really high in the air and hope something goofy
3: happens. Um, Yeah. That's like, I think there's a lot of special teams coaches who are like, we need to do everything we can in that situation to get it. And so that's their solution is like, we're going to. I I get it
2: that that it's harder now because you can't do the run up. And like, this is happening way more often since that was eliminated. But still, kick the ball into the ground. Have it bounce as high as it possibly can. Go 10 yards to give yourself a chance and then hope that there's either a chance for you to catch it clean or a gigantic collision where the ball goes. These little, like, I I don't know why this works me up so much. I think it's just because it's so impossibly stupid and it never works that you do these little trick kicks around and it's way too cute, like, and it just... It's just, just out, out it's embarrassing like when, when it happens. Cause you're just like, Oh cool. We did the one thing that literally gives us no chance. You're better off kicking it as hard as you can at the best, the guy with the best hands, like literally just laser yeah. the thing. Like yeah. I'm trying to score on you. Like it's a world cup PK, except yeah. for uh, instead of trying to miss the goalie, I'm trying to hit him in the helmet.
3: I've had conversations with kickers about that, about whether or not that they could actually do it. Like, Oh yeah, for sure. I could do that. I'm like, well, then why don't we just do that? If you yeah, feel just more comfortable at blasting somebody, like, cause there's a dude, like I remember I was with the team and they were like, don't stand directly in front of the ball because you don't want to get beaned. But like, if I'm a good kicker, like, and I'm five degrees off, like I can just blast you with the ball right there. So I never understood why there was this, like, that seems like a very simple solution, just try to do that and then just have it be total bedlam and you'll probably yeah. get the ball. So again, we're, we're digressing here, but thought that yeah. I thought that, anyway. was, I, All right. I thought that For- was a weird thing to do. Yeah. It was like five. It was like five forty left. Five something like that. Yeah, I don't. I didn't
2: mind that decision. The fourth down ones. I actually don't even mind the decision to go. I don't forward. mind. I don't mind it either. I just but, it's but a I, weird. I can't stand the play calls. Why is well, Gibson is not the short yardage guy? Quit trying to make it happen. Brian Robinson gets hit in the backfield all the time. You know what he does? Somehow gets one yard. Right. So give it to him. And then you know, I I actually. Um, a couple of weeks ago during the, or actually it was last weekend, the Vikings Colts game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Ryan goes for it on a fourth down and, and doesn't get it. And I heard Rex Ryan on Get Up on ESPN say something that I thought like his overall criticism was weird, but mm-hmm. like he said something that had a kernel of truth that I never thought of before. But he's like, Why are you going on a fourth and one with a quarterback sneak who's 100 years old and squats 100 pounds? Which is very mean to Matt Ryan because he's not 100 years old and he probably squats more than 100 pounds. However, You look at Jalen Hurts, who squats 600 pounds, and he never gets stopped in those situations. Because the idea is you're getting push. Mm -hmm. And like if you think of it as a bunch of individual sled pushes, who can push the most weight on the sled? And if the guy with the ball can push more weight on the sled, then you're going to be more successful. So Taylor Heineke, who's small and not for an NFL player powerful. I don't know what Taylor squats. It's probably a lot more than me because he's a professional athlete. He's got
3: a pretty good squat. He's a pretty good squat. Your point is still valid. But like...
2: It's, he doesn't squat as much as Brian Robinson, and he doesn't weigh as much as Brian Robinson, yeah. and force equals mass times acceleration. That, there's your you. math and science for the day. That's my trainer hat coming on. It's the only equation I know. Force equals mass times acceleration, and Brian Robinson's got a lot of mass, and he accelerates it quickly. So there's a lot of force going in the line, and I like him getting one yard better than anyone else on the team, and yet they had multiple fourth and ones today where they went for it, and you know how many touches he got? Zero.
3: Right. I would say this, too. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at this, but how many times were they under center in this game? And one of your short yardage situations, you're under center. Like, if I'm D'Amico Ryans, if I'm Warner, I'm like, guys, watch the sneak. They never do this. So that's another thing I would say. Like, you know, just again like major and what you want to major in like that's pro- that's one of the issues of being in the gun in those situations is you lose the ability to just kind of go downhill and get the football even on the short yardage goal line uh, situation um where they went for it on fourth and one like get in the pistol like i don't know like let the back get downhill to the football and just like have a car accident like that's what that situation is if you're going to do that let's even formation it so that we can say get downhill Then you like not only does that help you get downhill more, but that helps your play action pass. Like, could you imagine if you get Brian Robinson in the dot and just say run in the A gap as hard as you can? Like, the whole San Francisco 49 defense is going to be in the A gap with him. Take a shot on fourth and one for all I care. Like, you can throw the ball to the tight end. So, again, like that. Again, it's easy for me to do that, but that's the other thing. If you know you're going to go for it on fourth and one, one of those plays in that sequence should be a pass, one of them should be. Like if you're the Atlanta Falcons against the the Commanders when they did this right, they their third down play is a pass usually if they're no, if they're no, they're gonna go for it on fourth and one because it's just an opportunity to kind of get something different for the defense to think about if it's four consecutive runs like that's what the defense wants like throw something in there. I don't even care about of-
2: four for the four like I I hear you. Ideally, I'm, yes. like that,
3: that's me. That's me. But, um, yeah. That's a criticism I have like because I, I think that's if you know just. Throw a play-action pass in there. Throw like a little, like because I mean I've scored a lot of touchdowns, Craig. Not being a very fast guy, just pretending to block in a man-to-man yeah. situation, and then they just drop you in coverage. You're like, oh, what's up? I'm here for a touchdown, right? So right, it's like
2: it works all the time in the NFL. I, so, I hear you. You're probably you're probably correct. I'm just being an absolutist because it's like, and hey, they finally point, ran it, and it's like just do that all the time. And it's like no, actually point, not all the time.
3: Even to your point, just get him get Gibson in a better spot where he can attack the line of scrimmage. Offset gun. The first step is a lateral step, right? He's got to move laterally to go downhill. So his momentum is kind of working off center. Like get in the get in the pistol, step out, let him run right by you at you know 17 miles an hour, and then let's see what happens. You know, like that's kind of what I'm saying. And then you're never under center. You get under center. Your demeanor, like you could tell, his feet are ready to do the sneak thing. Just again, like. If you're going to do like the thing that the Philadelphia does is they always do that. That's their short yardage play. So they have plays off of that that work and kind of make the defense go, oh, shoot, they might be doing this or they might be doing that. When you're under center, which you're never like in that situation, I'm like, they're going to run a quarterback sneak. Everyone get ready. Here we go. Yeah.
2: You know what they also do? They have Jalen Hurts who squats a house and then two guys behind him pushing him him. who also squat houses. Yes. We need some house squatters
3: but like, and they, and this is another thing they probably practice that a ton. They probably practice the heck out of that. And I don't know how much we practice our quarterback sneak, probably not as much as they practice theirs. Yeah. So again, like when you're in the gun, when you're a gun team, you lose some of that flexibility in the short yardage situation. Yeah, no, I hear you.
2: Um, one thing I want to touch on real quick, we're almost at our 30-minute our self-imposed time limit because it's Christmas Eve and we have families. Yeah. Um, well, you have you have like a full family with kids do, and everything. Yeah. I just I just have a wife and we're Jewish, so we don't really care that much. I'm just trying to have a nice <laughs> holiday weekend. Um, levity! Uh, yeah. So if uh, Chase Young was supposed to play like 16 snaps at most, it felt you. like you played I the you. entire game. Good, I'm just – well, I was going to say, how do you play – but also, like, isn't that a problem? That's like an organizational level problem. You have you have the the, the snap count. I'm I'm kind of asking you, yeah. but like, if I'm his doctors and and the medical people, and I'm like, all right, we're playing 16 snaps, and I if that came from them and the coaching staff was like, I oh don't know, hey Chase, how you feel? How you think he's gonna feel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's gonna want to keep playing because he's playing well, and like that's great. Like ultimately, we I do want to evaluate him as a football player, but also like the whole reason you kept this dude out was because he's part of the future of your franchise and he's like the number two pick and he's really important. So could you take care of him? Like, what are we doing?
3: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I knew if he was active, it was going to be really hard for them to keep him to eight to 16 snaps. I don't know how many snaps he had. He might have had 16. I knew it was going to be really hard for them to do that. Yeah. Because it's just that like you're in the rotation. It's like, you know, everyone's like, oh, you're on a pitch count. It's like, okay, so I'm not going to go out there when they call 12 first Like, no, I'm going to go out there. And no one in the game is keeping track of that in in the way that they probably need to, you know? And so I'm not surprised by that, even like a little bit, like not even a a micro, like that that's what I fully expected that. If he's playing, he's playing. And uh, he did a good job and they didn't start him and they probably gave him less reps than they wanted to give him. So kudos to them for that. But in terms of saying he's only going to get this amount, like it's not a hard thing, I don't think. He
2: apparently, he just, Rivera just told this to reporters. Um, Young played almost twice as many snaps as expected was due to his conditioning. So, like, credit to Chase. Um, and, yeah. you know, it worked out, but it's... Uh, it's but, hey, it's if you're that, a fan of this team yeah.
3: and you're a fan of Chase Young, he did a great job. He showed up. Yeah,
2: I was going to say, what what we saw out of Chase, though, was fantastic because yeah. the whole the whole thing was, like, he can do stuff the other guys can't do. And, like, that batted up. ball, for instance, they play that he yeah the other guys don't necessarily make um sniffs out the screen like he had a really fantastic game and also i think logan you'll have to uh, look at this closer on tape like played with the discipline that we were a he's little like, bit scared yeah. of
3: yeah so again like i was i was i had my chase pajamas on by the end of that game you know i was like oh this is great <laughs> you know he's back he's feeling good again i thought he had some nice rushes uh discipline rushes i thought he did a good job against the run like he just again like the physical skill set that he has was on display like they run this play called Zorro where the where the tight end blocks down, blocks you on like an outside zone reach and the fullback comes and i just saw him just like chin the fullback while his hands were on the tight end and just like held the gap and i was like you know there's very few people on the team that can do that so it's nice to have him back hopefully there's no like fatigue or soreness or anything like that going into this next week with the knee uh, he looked great he uh, you know so i would imagine he's probably going to be fine but that's something to keep an eye on with him into this week all right,
2: uh, that'll do. Uh, you can go change out of your Chase pajamas and uh, put on your Christmas PJs. Uh, right. We'll be back on Wednesday for a full tape breakdown. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you are subscribed wherever it is that you're listening or watching right now. Uh, we, of course, have our full episodes available to watch at youtube.com slash at 1067. The fan, if you are a YouTube person, I'm still posting some of the shorter clips as well, youtube.com slash at Craig Hoffman, Apple Podcast, Spotify, etc. for the audio. See y'all Monday as well for the Hoffman Show, three o'clock on the Team Nine Eighty. Until then, Merry Christmas, and we'll see you on the next time.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.